Tech Sideline is presented by First Bank and Trust Company. They offer free checking with industry-leading mobile banking. Who you choose to bank with can make all the difference. Visit firstbank.com to learn more. Happy Thursday morning, Hokie Nation. We got ourselves a 2024 football schedule. Football crew is on deck today to talk all about it. It's episode 343 of the Tech Sideline podcast, and it starts right now. Record on Thursday, January 25th, 2024, from the high tech studios at the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center. Remember to like, subscribe, and refer the show to a friend and head over to techsideline.com to check out our extensive editorial content. As always, the first month of subscriptions is free. I'm your host, Giovanni Heater. To my right, lead analyst and columnist Chris Coleman. Across the way, our senior staff writer, Andy Bitter. Behind the scenes producing today, the mustache man himself, as always, Mr. Nick Brown. Tech Sideline is presented by First Bank and Trust Company. And guys, we got ourselves a 2024 football schedule. It took us, you know, a couple chunks throughout the week to get there. And then, and then finally, the big drop on Wednesday evening, Exciting stuff. We'll start with Chris. Give me one immediate initial reaction. Immediate initial reaction is, I don't know, like, I think it's difficult to put together a schedule that everybody likes that is fair to everyone when you have 16 teams in a league and two of your teams are all the way on the West Coast. Um, I look at tech schedule and the name's on it and it's manageable, but, you know, there, there are a couple stretches on there that I'm not a big fan of. Andy, what you got? Initial reaction here. Yeah, I think Chris used the word manageable. Uh, I look at the schedule, and uh, I think when I'm making predictions for a season, I may be a little more bearish on things than Virginia Tech fans who see it and go 12 and 0 automatic, 12 and 0, 15 and 0 with the playoff included. Uh, and I, I look at it, I go, nine wins is very possible. Yeah. Uh, manageable non-conference schedule, uh, no huge landmines in the conference. Clemson, the marquee game, you uh, Miami on the road as well. But, but man, if this team progresses like you hope it does in the off season, I look at the schedule and I go, nine and three is very possible. Nine and three puts you in the mix in the ACC. Ten and two, you never, you you know, if you could do a little bit better, uh, maybe you could have special things during a season. So I, I look at it and I think it sets up pretty well for them this year. Yeah, we've talked about it. This team continues to uh, replenish, reload, but also keep you know, everything that they had in the chamber uh, as well. So let's go ahead and read through the schedule here. Uh, Nick's going to pop up a graphic for us here. And, uh, you know, we start August 31st on the road in Nashville at Vanderbilt. I would just like to add, I'm extra hyped for this. I turned 21 on August 31st, 2024. We'll be in Nashville, so that's a great place to do that. Jake Lyman can take you out and show you where everything exactly. there is to do. Exactly. Yeah. It be actually would be better if you turn it on August 30th Fair. in Nashville. That's true. 31st would be the day of the game, so you got to. Well, but yeah. Let's but just just, think, ho- just hope it's a nooner, so you've got the the rest of the whole night. Yes, my my dad was texting me yesterday. Uh, they, they, my parents want to come down. My uncles are going to come down, so it'll be a good time. Do you down think the, in Nashville. Na- the Nashville bar? should be forgiving enough to be like your turn come on at midnight i'm gonna be old enough to drink here 
well, let me in here. I think I think they can. We can't that. go out and get crazy though the night before a big game. We got it. We got to save it for post game. No, you know? you, you can't no, get no, crazy no. the night before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's spoken from. You're, a, you're still young enough to pull that off. Yeah, future Hall of Famer. You can play there. hurt the next day. That's, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> if you're gonna be in this business, you're gonna have to learn how to you know manage that whole yeah. thing. All right, fair, fair. That and how to douse down the uh, the clam chowder when in Boston. Yes. yes. Well, listen, one of my early trips to Miami, trust me, the next day in the press box was not the most pleasant experience after the <laughs> night before. Sometimes you just got to power through it. <laughs> I can't believe I'm just we're saying, talking about I'm this. just saying, I'm putting that out there. <laughs> I'm looking you forward to it. Stuff. I, I did start it. I did start it. Will you be Will you be joining us? Will we see you in Nashville, Andy? Will we bump into you? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, I've, uh, Nashville's a great town. I haven't been there in a while. UVA played at... Uh, Middle Tennessee for some reason uh, in like 2005 or, so, or something like that, 2007. I can't remember the exact year. And that's basically a trip to Nashville. So I uh, had a great time in Nashville, you know, Broadway down there. There I mean, we go. It's a fantastic time. So this is a good trip, even though I wish they were playing this in the, the Titan yes. Stadium and not the Vandy Stadium that they're they're redoing right now. That was uh, the original game plan. They announced, what, last year that they were going to switch that? I yeah, think. I, I think when they signed the contract, it was open to possibly being in either stadium. Okay. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen Vanderbilt, like last year they played without an end zone <laughs> seating because they had knocked the whole thing down. So we'll see how quickly they can construct that whole thing. But I've been to Vanderbilt Stadium once before, and it was nothing to write home <laughs> about. So I was kind of disappointed. We'll see if when, once they redo it how much nicer it'll be. But I, I do kind of wish that was in the Titan Stadium. Well, I will buy Andy his first beer on August 31st uh, down in Nashville. September 7th, home game. Virginia Tech opens uh, the home slate against Marshall. Kind of a revenge game for the Hokies. Thoughts on the thundering herd uh, briefly? Uh, you know, good running game, obviously. They fired their offensive coaching staff, as they should. <laughs> I mean, just what they did against Virginia Tech last year, I was I was not impressed with. When you got, like, they didn't have a good passing game at all, but they had an elite running back, and they were just out there pass-happy against the Hokies for some reason. Um, so that'll be a different team because the uh, I think their quarterback entered the portal, too. New quarterback and Rasheed Ali went pro. So. pro oh, so that'll be a totally different-looking team. But uh, I think Virginia Tech should have won that game this past year, and I think they would have won it after the offensive changeover. Right. Uh, but, yeah, in lane, uh, I, I, just, I don't – Virginia Tech would have to screw that up. Yeah, yeah I think they'll guys. be a, a significant favorite in that game. And uh, like you said, the revenge factor is there. <laughs> I mean, they were embarrassed last year to lose that game, a game they probably should have won. I have to imagine they're plenty motivated to win this one. Next up, September 14th, another road game. ODU, if it's up to Tech fans, I think they'd... Let's let this be the last and final time What could in go wrong yeah. <laughs> in Norfolk that hasn't gone wrong already? Uh, this is one where you just... You've got to get that monkey off your back. Like, it should be a game they, they should win. The last two were games they should have won when they went down there, too. And stuff happened, and weird stuff happened in both of those games. So now, this is something they'll have to navigate. Now, it was before I was here, so forgive me, but what time of the season was that first loss played? Because I think... Last year, if it's not the season opener, or what was it, it was, two years it was, back, if it's not the season opener, you might not have the same. Hiccups. It was late September. It, it was, was we. It was week four. It was, it was supposed to be the fourth week or fourth game, but the ECU game got canceled the previous mm -hmm. week because of a, a hurricane gotcha. uh, that came through. And uh, you know, Tech was riding high. They had beaten Florida State on the road. Everybody thought that was a great win. It turned out <laughs> Willie Taggart had no idea what he was doing down there. They they hammered William and Mary. 
Uh, they had this weird off week early in the season, and then all their flaws were exposed at ODU in a game that sort of foreshadowed the rest of the season. Well, there you go. Hoping to beat the Monarchs uh, this time around September 14th. It'll be a return game for Ollie Jennings. He gets mm-hmm. to play at ODU, which will be fun. Uh, September 21st, back inside Lane Stadium. Again, the Hokies kind of get to go on a little bit of a revenge tour throughout the non-conference. Uh, they'll play Rutgers inside Lane on the 21st. It's going to be one of their most physical opponents of the year. Rutgers won, managed to win two games this past year in which they didn't throw for 50 yards, one of which was against Virginia Tech. They also won another game in the bowl game against Miami where they didn't throw for 100 yards. So this is a team that is very much used to winning with running and defense you got to be a physical team to be able to do that. So this is this is when you're getting into the area of the schedule that concerns me. Tech will play one of their most physical opponents of the year and then 6 days later you're at Miami. Um that I, I don't I don't like that. And then your next trip is all the way to the West Coast. Yeah. against Stanford. I, I don't like that coming off that 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 Rutgers game. Um I don't like that the Stanford game is after the Miami game, two long flights in a row. As we, and I know you get an extra day because the Miami game's on Friday. You get an extra day before the Stanford game. Travel to Miami is not something that has always been flawless. Like the 2017 team, they had to fly, when they flew back after that game, they flew had to fly into Johnson City, Tennessee, and bus back to Blacksburg. So they had to cancel all team activities the next day on Sunday, which made the Georgia Tech game a short week. The next week, uh, you're talking about that prime hurricane season in Florida. So you don't know what can how that can impact your travel schedule and things like that. So for me, I don't like that three game stretch right there at all. I I just think uh, there's a built in loss there somewhere just due to all those factors I just mentioned. Yeah, Rutgers is interesting. Kyle Manongai back for them. Uh, They brought in the transfer from Minnesota. Uh, a quarterback, I think Wimsad is still there, uh, but that, that'll be a competition there. So we'll see if they have a little more offensive punch than they had this year. But like you said, that's a tough defensive-minded team. Uh, not a gimme, but I think it's a game that Virginia Tech should be favored in uh, going into the season. I mean, I look at this non-conference schedule and I go, if there's anything less than 4-0 would be a disappointment. Yeah, I, I also agree with Chris here. It is really tough in a span of eight days. I get you get the extra day to go Miami to Stanford. Uh, not easy stuff there. After that, though, you do get the bye week. Um, and then on the 17th, back inside Lane Stadium, back-to-back home games. And coming off the bye week is when you get your Thursday game. That just makes sense. Boston College and Georgia Tech. BC is going to be on a Thursday night inside Lane, and then Georgia Tech uh, is at home on a Saturday. BC should be a win. Um, Georgia Tech, I guess, in theory, should be. Um, Tech will be favored for sure. But, you know, back after the season, I was sitting there. I, I did a Friday Q&A, and I was talking about, is there a better or more productive quarterback-running-back combo in the ACC than Drones and Tootin? So I was looking at all the numbers, and technically, yeah, there is. It's Haynes Georgia. King had a really good year. He, that dude can run the ball. And, and their running back, oh, his last name is Haynes. So they have two Haynes in the backfield there. He was a 1,000-yard rusher uh, this past season. So they have their own one-two punch that is very, very similar to Virginia Tech in terms of, uh, in terms of production. So that's going to be a game where I would expect a lot of running. I don't, wouldn't expect that to be a long game. But, you know, it should be a pretty physical game. Uh, both teams come into that game knowing their identity. So th- that is like an underrated game on the schedule. 
I, I think it should be one of the more entertaining games of the season. With I think both both those teams are pretty well coached too. I think what we've seen at Georgia Tech. I mean, I think we've also saw how bad Jeff Collins was. The fact that uh, Brent Key was able to, like, hit the ground running. He started winning immediately, and, like, Collins could never win. Apparently, they, like, switched their special teams uh, scheme midseason. It was so bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Collins, <laughs> they, like, paid immediate dividends with that. If I were to tell you, I, uh, how many touchdowns do you think Haynes King accounted for last season? Since you're saying that? 31. More I'm going to guess 42. 37. Right in the middle. 27 passing touchdowns, 10 rushing. He also I, had 16 interceptions. I was about to say. Yeah. So he's one of those uh, giveth and taketh away quarterbacks. Yeah. But I mean, Josh Allen style. Yeah, Georgia Tech is, is such a, a strange team because they were incredible against really good teams last year. And then they would just lay the weirdest eggs. Didn't they lose to Bowling Green they did. last year? And they Scott Laffler, like handily, it wasn't like close. They right, lost by right. quite a few, I think double digits in that game. So uh, that's one, that's a game where I don't quite know what to expect from the other team. And, you know, we've seen over the years, Georgia tech has come in here and played very well. Uh, you know, those were option teams, but uh, still coming in and playing very well in Blacksburg. So that that's certainly not a gimme by any means. Yeah, I'm working that one on my calendars. Like the, it's a low-profile game relative to some of the others, but that's the game that's like has the potential when you look back and say, wow, that was one of the most entertaining games of the year because you've got two really good quarterbacks and two really good running backs, and one of the quarterbacks has a tendency to turn the ball over. So that game just sounds like it's going to have a lot of big plays in it. Were you really? referring to Kyron Drones? Or? No, no. No, he fumbles a lot. But oh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Doesn't always yeah. lose those fumbles. That's true. Uh, there has been a fumbling issue. Yeah. Really glad that that one's uh, in lane and you don't have to go play that one in Bobby Dodd down in Atlanta. Certainly helps your chances a little bit. November 2nd, the following week, uh, Tech's going to head on the road uh, up I-81 and play on the road at Syracuse. You just place. had to work Syracuse. You know, yep, yep. <laughs> Crucify me in the uh -huh. comments, please. I, I almost wore a Syracuse hat on set. No, just kidding. But uh, thoughts on the orange? in this one trap game uh if there's i mean this is just underline it circle it put stars around it trap game like i know syracuse isn't much they have a new coach coming in uh new quarterback that i don't know if he's going to do as well without ohio state talent around him no offense geo uh, but man uh bad things happen when they go up to the former Carrier Dome, I refuse to call it by its new name. It's the Carrier Dome. Uh, when I was doing research for the the article on this, I, I noticed that five times ranked Virginia Tech teams have gone up there and lost to unranked Syracuse teams. So people say, oh, it's history, and these are different teams, and this is new coaching staff. Five times Virginia Tech's gone up there, and as you should have won, been expected to win as a ranked team against an unranked team and ended up walking away with a loss. The only team that broke that streak in the last 30 years had Michael Vick at quarterback. So, uh, you know, you can say, ah, oh, Syracuse, new coach, uh, that you're not going to expect much from the Orange this year. I'm saying be careful in that one. That, that plays even more into the idea that this is a trap game because you got Clemson the following week at home. Everybody's going to be looking forward to that game. You know, we just talked about Georgia Tech. If you win that one, you're probably feeling pretty good about yourself. You got this trip to Syracuse in the middle of it that people won't be thinking about too much that I think could be a, a difficult game that pops up there. And last time Tech played inside the Dome, it was Dino Baber's first year, also Fuente's first year, ranked Tech team 
unranked Syracuse team. First year and, head coach. And Syracuse um, took it to him that I've, game. I've got some numbers for you. Let's okay, see. so that, that, that 2016 game. The previous three games, Tech had beaten Boston College, East Carolina, and UNC by a combined score of 137 to 20. Yeah, they were crushing Two teams. of those three teams went to bowl games. And then Tech goes to the Carrier Dome and just, like, what was that? Yeah, they, they played were, horrible. They were asleep. It felt uh, like there was a ten-win tech team that played for the ACC title against a bad four and eight Syracuse team. Two thousand two, the, their previous trip to the Carrier Dome, again a ten-win Virginia Tech team against a four-win Syracuse team. Brian Randall broke the Big East record for passing yards with five hundred and three. Ernest Wilford broke the Big East record for receiving yards with two hundred seventy-nine. What happened? Tech lost somehow lost that game. Was that 50 to 42? 50 to 42 triple overtime um, against a bad Syracuse team. Bad. Uh, even when Tech had Vic, they could barely, they barely won. It was that close. Game. It was yeah, a tight it, game. It's a, it had this had this Superman run at the end of the game. Dwight Freeney had four sacks in that game. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And you know, you didn't well, even bring up 98, the last second touchdown pass. Uh, exactly. The, thro- the throwback I, from McNabb. I, I, I put all this in my article today. So if you'd like to relive all those wonderful memories, you can go read it. And again, uh, like a lot of this stuff is like, you know, <laughs> some of that is before these players were born. So like, it, it's, it's like exactly you, you, right. you sit there and you say, this doesn't affect them at all. For some reason, there are places that teams go. Like when, when Tech goes to Heinz Field or whatever they're calling it now, I'm going to continue to call it Heinz Field. They seem to have trouble up there. I, there's something about that venue and that game. And Pitt's never been this overwhelming team every time right. they've gone up there. And yet it has given them trouble all the time. Uh, this is one I'm saying. Just people are going to laugh at it and be like, oh, you're crazy. They they wallop Syracuse last year. I'm like, okay, that, take that, that attitude into it and see how, you, how that, it turns out. That's exactly why it's a trap game. Like, I think fans of a certain age understand that it's a trap game. Most of these, I mean, all these kids playing in it, I mean, they were in like middle school the last time Tech played there. And they weren't even alive the previous time Tech played there. So it's a major trap game. Uh, and I'm sure you you know you can emphasize that point all you want to, um, but you know as Will, Will said a few weeks ago, he was like, yeah, if you want to win nine games this year, remember you're playing at Syracuse. That's an automatic loss. That means if you want to win nine, you've got to win nine of the other eleven. I don't think it's an automatic loss. I'm just I'm just saying be. Yeah, I'm not saying it's automatic. And I'm just saying people that, like, listening are gonna be I'm like, not, man, Geo has brainwashed you guys into thinking this place is just the Thunderdome up there, but. Uh, I can't it's, wait it's, for the game. It's just not an easy place to play. No, 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 no. It's doubt unique. About it. You know, it's in a dome. You know, nobody else in the ACC people, is in a dome. It's people don't understand how loud you have a. Now it used to be cloth. Now it is a metal roof in a concrete building. Even if it's half full, it still gets loud as heck. And, in and there. even though it's a dome, it's like an intimate dome. Like it's not the, yeah. one of these just like cavernous places. Like it, it is for it, basketball, but not football. It's, yeah, it's, right. Yeah. And it's uh, well, I guess this game is in November, so it won't matter as much. But it's it. In the past, it was not air conditioned. So when like, it was the carrier dome yeah when it, it was, was not the carrier dome it was not air conditioned so players would always have like cramping issues and stuff it's like could you get the, your sponsor as an air conditioning company like could you just you know get some ac in this place come on yeah yeah i've been to some very very toasty games I, uh, in I, the dome i mean i hate that building i hate it <laughs> wait, 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 at one point Chris, never, i have I, it tattooed I, on my arm well that's your that problem building um uh, yeah. <laughs> listen I've, I've never been there but i hate it like at one one day syracuse will build a new stadium and like 
I would like to volunteer to like push the button when they demolish that one. I, I, I like going in there. It reminds me of the Metrodome in my youth uh-huh. because you, you walk around the concourses like, man, this is has a very early 80s vibe to this. thing. I don't know what it's like now it's, that they've redone it, but it it is very, very different now. And very I will say they, they have modernized it so much so that it's one of the most modern looking spots in the ACC. Um pretty cool looking so i look forward to you guys seeing it i hope everybody's enjoyed the syracuse pod that we're doing right yeah now. <laughs> everyone's gonna, you know i will add this just to just to further make everybody upset you guys are sleeping on just syracuse is gonna have the most talent they've had probably since they played against michael vick um they've added a handful of the the new recruiting staff has been unbelievable <laughs> um handful of four stars the transfer portal gets that they've gotten it's not just kyle mccord they got two wide receivers from georgia a defensive end from texas a and you're drinking the kool-aid i'm Come drinking the kool-aid this team won 10 games a few years ago like yeah that was a talented team yeah yeah, yeah. No doubt. You, you can't win 10 games without talent uh and i see it time and time again where teams like syracuse uh they hire a recruiter and then they recruit well. And then as it turns out, they can't coach because they, there's yeah. like no evidence. Flops. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. We'll see. We'll yeah. see how this, uh, so new, you're, you're young and enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah. You drink your Kool-Aid, but by the time you're our age, you've, you've seen it all and you figured it out that yeah, probably not going to work. It's like a Tim Brewster type or something like yes. that. Yeah. yeah. That's a fair fear when you hire a defensive backs coach as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt. Uh, well, after that, November 9th, this is probably the marquee game on the schedule for many Clemson, Inside Lane Stadium. Boy, it would be fun if that thing ends up being at night regardless. Um, You know, even though the Tigers haven't necessarily been what we're so used to seeing them be, doesn't mean they won't next year, first and foremost. And second of all, it's always big when a team like that comes into lane. But with the the uncertainty at Florida State and all the turnover on the roster there, wouldn't surprise me if Clemson's the pick to win the conference. Uh, I don't necessarily know if that's earned based on how the offense played last year, but it, you know, it's usually a strong defensive team. I think people look at the uh, pedigree of somebody like Klubnik at quarterback, even though he hasn't played great. I think the potential is there. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if they if they were the pick. You know, There's a lot of rostering, roster uh, movement that's still going to take place before we uh, get to the four-day ACC kickoff. Is that what they said? It's going to be this summer. Ridiculous. Uh, and make picks at that point. But Clemson will be in the mix. They're certainly going to be up there. Chris, what do you think about the Tigers? I think that's certainly going to be the biggest home game of the Pry era so far. I wish it wasn't after the Syracuse game. Again, because if Virginia Tech goes up there and drops that game, it's going to dampen the atmosphere of the Clemson game. So hopefully Virginia Tech can go in there up there and get their first win in the Carrier Dome or their second win this century, basically. And Maybe the name that, change will help. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um but, uh, yeah, I think the Clemson game on paper, you know, you look at it before the season, before the schedule is released, and you're like, that's the date you, you, you have circled. And, yeah, it is to a certain extent. But since the game's in November, like, it has the potential to be a big game, but it also has the potential to not be as important, depending on what both teams do before that. So if Virginia Tech loses that Syracuse game, that trap game, then all of a sudden you're like, I'm just not as excited about the Clemson game anymore because it looked like, you know, now now we're just playing to let's hopefully we won't the Hokies don't get their third ACC loss or something like that. Ideally, that that Clemson game would be for basically for a spot in the ACC title game. Um, that, that that's what that's what everyone's hoping. But uh, on pay, so by, by itself in a vacuum, it's a big game. Exactly how big it is 
is going to depend on the Syracuse game the week before. I know they don't play every year because of the old scheduling format, but it's sort of remarkable to me that Virginia Tech has not beaten Clemson, and it's been 17 years. 2007. Yep. And you go all the way back to that. So uh, that's six straight losses. Uh, some have not been close. There was that 2016 ACC championship game where I thought Tech had them. Yeah. At the end, they're driving down the field. They're like the 20-something yard line. Uh, down by touchdown if they score you know Justin Fuente said afterwards they were going to go for two against a team that eventually won the national championship that was such (laughs) a great game like an an underrated great game I feel like people are just like oh Clemson cruised in that game it's like that was close that was a game that was uh, very much at risk uh, down the end there it'd be great to see a competitive game like that because it just has not been competitive between these teams the last couple times they played yeah no doubt well you go and on the 16th you have an open game again then uh you end out the season november 23rd on the road at duke followed by november 30th home game against virginia kind of crazy that uh it's going to be the first time in quite some time that uva plays inside lane stadium after everything that took place first time in my time as a student that those two will play inside lane stadium which is pretty cool with uh, fans yes yes I mean the 2020 game took place but there were 250 people in the crowd because of all the covid restrictions uh, so, I I mean, remember, it's been six years since virginia tech fans have been able to you know enjoy a uva game at home i remember katie adams who used to host our podcast she said her senior class at virginia tech and nicks as well never got to see virginia tech post UVA that's which that's is hard, hard to believe yeah yeah so uh yeah looking forward to that one and uh not one that again like you don't really look to see to like circle that game because you know when it's going to be every year but it's also sort of like they're so bad that like I'm just I hadn't even given that game any thought like I don't even know what they've done in the transfer portal or who's who's going to be on they've the team. They've added some guys. Chris yeah. Tyree was was Tyree. One, a couple I other. Yeah. Uh, they, they got that quarterback from somewhere. I, I, I can't remember. I, I would expect them to be better than what they were this year. I think right. this year was sort of a, a bottoming out type thing. But you look at the end of that schedule, Duke and Virginia. That's that's how you want to finish the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know Duke has been pretty good lately. Loses coach to, to Texas A&M. And Manny, all of their players. Yeah, Manny Diaz coming in. And then, you know, on top of that, a bunch of transfers. One coming here, uh, you know, Aeneas Peebles uh, playing against his former team. And they lose Riley Leonard. And we saw what they were last year without Riley Leonard versus what they were with him. Uh, completely different team. So, you know, if you can navigate the early part of the schedule, the middle part of the schedule, once you get the ACC play, and can put yourself in position in striking distance uh, for possibly getting in that ACC title game to finish it up with Duke and Virginia, I think is, is a pretty good way to finish the schedule because you're giving yourself a chance. Anytime you grab a road game at Duke, I almost feel like it's, you know, you don't, you definitely don't want to call it a gimme, but the fact that that is not a hostile place to play by any means could be, especially if tech's very, very good at that point, which we are hoping and expecting that is the case you know, 65 to 85% tech oh, fans. I mean, oh, yeah. that could be like a, a, a little bit of a home game for the Hokies there. In last, Durham. The last tech Duke game I went to was 2018. The last road tech Duke game I went to was 2018. And, you know, the at least half of that crowd was, was Virginia tech. And that was when Duke had, had a pretty good team. And that Duke was ranked in that yeah, team. That's right. They game. were. And, and they had a first round pick. Tech at was coming off the ODU loss. That's right. Uh, so they were uh, big underdogs in that game. And then they actually, 
you know, they bowed up and won that game. Ryan Willis. Then, then came the four game losing streak <laughs> after that, where the wheels kind of fell off with that program. But yeah. the, uh, yeah, that one, uh, you know, 2020 game. Uh, I remember that being just like an empty stadium <laughs> because Duke didn't allow anybody, anybody in that game. You could hear everything they were saying from the sideline up yeah. in the press box in that game. Khalil Herbert with a, a huge effort. And then uh, what was the last one? 2022. They were not very competitive down there. No, it was empty. It was there. seven it was like a high after game. the first drive. Yeah, and that was it. But, uh, you know, you know, with Duke on the schedule in the opposite, they usually kind of have that with UVA at the end of the year where I know it's a rivalry game, but it does feel like a very welcoming road environment when you go up to UVA, when you're Virginia tech, I, I think Duke can be the same way this year. I want to ask you guys, Nick and I were talking about this on the way uh, in the car this morning. You look at that Clemson game and you have to hope at that point, in all likelihood, Clemson's like a one-loss team, uh, maybe undefeated at that point. We don't really know what the Tigers are going to look like. But they rarely... open with Georgia, so oh, they do play. <laughs> so they're not going to be undefeated, uh, so they're going to be a one-loss team. Well, at I'm least. not saying that. I'm just saying <laughs> there's a high chance because you know Georgia's pretty good. So. Yeah, Georgia's pretty darn good. Uh, but the Hokies, I mean, you look at that point in the schedule. You guys are saying Syracuse is going to be tough. I understand that. You might fumble one like Miami. Stanford, especially because you play them after. I think they're going to get up for that Rutgers game. Oh, I think for sure. it's a that, home that's going to be a home game, revenge yeah. game. But I could totally see them messing it up at Miami. I, I think they'll beat Rutgers. Um, I just think those next two games, just because of the nature of them, that a short week after probably the second or third most physical team on the schedule, right? And a long flight to boot. That's asking a lot. And then the next week you're all the way on the West Coast. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, I'll, I'll be happy with a one-and-one one record after those two games, after the Miami game, after the Stanford game. So if you can start five-and-one, um, I think that's pretty – that's very good. And then you've got those two winnable games at home after that, who was at uh, Boston College and, and Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. So yep. you could start seven-and-one. Um, BC on a Thursday night. Yeah. Hope Nothing bad ever Hope happens, it doesn't then. rain yeah. in that game. Yeah. Well, I play. put that out there and fans are like, don't you dare don't mention <laughs> that game. Like it's Voldemort or something like that. Like you can't <laughs> mention the name of it. So uh, everybody knows the history of that. I mean, that. That was the last time they played on a Thursday night against BC was that Matt Ryan game in the rain, which is, yeah, you know, you ask anybody, that's maybe the worst loss in program history or, or up there. I know a Thursday and a Friday are not the same thing, but you played them on a Friday and Brent Price first year took care of business handedly. One of three wins on the season. So, you know. Yeah, I don't think uh, I, I like their their quarterback. He's a dynamic dude, but uh, I, they don't have as much talent on that team now as they. Now that team was a lot Matt Ryan, but they had some other good players on that team too. I mean, B.J. Raji. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, um, I'm sure there were some offensive linemen yeah, in that absolutely. group. And then Tech did get revenge in the ACC they title did. game, which you should mention that. Yep. People are like you never, nobody ever mentions that. It's like okay, well, two years in a row, Virginia the Thursday night revenge. loss sort of derailed the possibilities of that season. Uh, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, back to back ACC title games in Florida featuring Boston College. It was exactly what the ACC dreamed of. <laughs> right. Yeah, and maybe uh, put them in the situation that they were TV contract wise for a while. Yeah. Like Florida State wants to complain. Oh, the TV contract's so bad. It's like maybe if you played a little bit better you when could the TV contracts were being signed, yeah. uh, things would have been different. So so everyone's going to ask the question, do we have a possibility of, of a college game day uh, type of hype when – Virginia Tech, we're looking at one, maybe two losses heading into that Clemson game. Uh, and Clemson, you know, who knows what they do. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Uh, like I said, I, I think you don't have a chance at game day if you lose the previous week. 
I don't on that's a hundred percent true. Right. Yes. So the so that that Syracuse game for me is maybe the most important game of the season because it decides the importance of the Clemson game. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Uh, which is kind of an odd sentence to say. But, uh, but, yeah, I think Tech, they've got a chance to have a good season. It's a manageable schedule. I dislike two parts of it. Um, but, again, like when you have a 16-team <laughs> league and you're going to have to travel to the West Coast, there's no way you could make everybody happy with a 16-team league. There's no way schedules can be balanced. There's no way you can avoid one, you know, a, a bad two- or three-game stretch. I mean, there's going to be certain years. Last year, I thought Tech had a very favorable schedule, but that was with a 14-team ACC. Uh, I, I expect in the future, there's going to be years where you really like it, and there's going to be other years where you feel like, oh, God, who in the ACC office hates Virginia Tech, right? Uh, but it's going to be some years like that, but every other team is going to have some years like that too, just with the nature of the size of these conferences these days and the coast-to-coast uh, you know, geographic makeup of the leagues. There's no way you can avoid it. Yeah, there's not a good time to, to fly cross-country to play a game unless unless there's a bye week on or an mm-hmm. open week on one one or other Super side of it yeah. yeah it's just a tough time uh you say college game day possibility that clemson game and i instantly go and look up the sec schedule and the big 10 <laughs> schedule at that point alabama lsu is on so november college 9th. game day will not be coming to blacksburg uh, florida texas i don't know if florida will be any good uh in the big 10 washington penn state Kind of an interesting one. No, Kaylin speaking of West Coast games. conference game, Washington versus Penn so State. You sure that's not the Rose Bowl? Uh, no, <laughs> uh, I will say it, it's rather easy to look up. Uh, you know, are there going to be big games that week? And you just have to look up two conferences, basically. That's true. Uh, yeah. Other than the ACC, because I don't think the Big Twelve is going to be doing it. So, uh, Alabama LSU that might be a tough one. Depends to how good Bama is at that point. I think they'll be all right. And I love nothing I don't think they're going to be the sisters of the poor all of a sudden because Nick yeah. Saban left. I think uh, there's quite a bit of talent still. Oh, they have to get by with like 70% five stars on the <laughs> roster instead of 90% <laughs> or, or whatever it was before. So they'll be okay. Yeah. Well, I like watching Brian Kelly lose games. So hopefully LSU is not that good without Jaden Daniels. But we'll see what happens. May, the other part of it is maybe those one of those schools gets a uh, a game day trip before that. True. And they don't like to make repeat trips to some places. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how this, the season shakes out. Yeah, those teams are going to play multiple big games. Or maybe so that's, that's the week possible. they choose to go to like North Dakota State or something like that for some random uh, FCS game that they, or, they like to do. Or because you could look at it, the ACC is kind of weak. They're still going to do an ACC game or two at some point, and they're like, hmm, there's your top two teams in the ACC. Like, even though there might be a bigger game, we're going to go to that one because that's the biggest game in the ACC all season. It could be. Do Clemson and Florida State play? Uh, they play earlier in the season. Right. So it's a well, lot of factors involved. I would say at this point that it's a candidate. and But to get there, you have to beat Syracuse. And everybody else before and that. Some other, yeah, and some other yeah. teams. Yeah. It's not just you know beat Syracuse and you're and four you and five. Right, right. Let's assume the rest of the season goes as planned. And you're like seven and one. Going into going into the Syracuse game or something like that, you still you need to win that Syracuse game. One other game of note that week, uh, also involving an ACC team, Florida State and Notre Dame. Ugh. Uh, so that's one that it yeah. looks like that is. Uh, shoot, is that at Notre Dame too? They, they, they have Riley Leonard now, right? 
Is that? That's yeah, right. I, I didn't, just, I didn't have po- a terrible nightmare. That's he's real. just poaching private ACC schools of their star quarterbacks. Yes, he literally. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's that's crazy. the food chain. That's the college football that's food right. chain. That's just how it works. Well, it's it's literally impossible to project uh, where college game day is going to go November 9th. Um, but <laughs> but it was fun to talk about. Anyways, guys, I got to get to class. I'll ask you just final thoughts on this schedule before we uh, turn everyone loose for the week. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I know it seems like I probably did more complaining than I did. <laughs> but, but, but like... You write a column every year about the schedule. You can find a couple things to nitpick, and I found my two things. But overall, it's a manageable schedule. I think Tech has a good chance to start 4-0. Um, I, I think they've got a nice little, I call it break, but I th- very two very, very winnable games in Lane in the middle of the season, and then two games at the end of the season that they should win. Um, so I think if you start 4-0, then when the two in the middle – that you should win where you'll be favored, and then you, you win the two at the end where you'll be favored. That's eight wins right there. Uh, so uh, yeah. I, I just uh, I think it sets up to be a good year for Virginia Tech as long as the key players stay healthy and things like that. That's but, big, uh, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to the season. I think it's a, a good schedule for where this team's at right now, where you know coming off a 6-6 six and six season, can you take the next step uh, and sort of get in the conversation of being a, a – ACC contender, uh, you know, I think they should run through the non-conference schedule. This is uh, a good year to do that. You don't have this, you know, marquee game like at Ohio State or something like that. That's like, oh, that, that could be a pretty tough one. Uh, you look at the conference schedule. They don't play Florida State. They don't play Louisville. They don't play NC State. Those are the three teams that finished, uh, you know, three of the four teams that finished ranked uh, and were at the top of the ACC standings uh, this year. I look at this and I go – the schedule kind of feels like what Louisville was last year where Louisville didn't have Florida state, didn't have Clemson during the regular season. Uh, I don't think played North Carolina as well. You miss those top teams. You give your chance, uh, you give yourself a chance to sort of be a dark horse in this whole thing. And I think there's a little bit of buzz about Virginia tech nationally. There is Even yes. some teams, met, some, some uh, national writers being like, watch out for this team a little bit. So I, you know, I think the schedule plays into that because it's a favorable schedule in that sense. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. We're, we're, we're sorry, not sorry for all of the uh, Syracuse talk today. It all starts in Nashville, and uh, and we'll talk plenty of football uh, leading up to that day. For Chris Coleman, for Andy Bitter, for Nick Brown, I'm Giovanni Heater saying so long from Blacksburg. We'll see you on Monday.